your source for everything sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the palatial Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Tuesday, August the 28th, 2018. Cavaliers open up their 2018 fall season on Saturday afternoon, I guess evening technically, 6 p.m. ACC uh, Network Extra. I believe. Yeah. ACC network extra. Um, but for those of us who will be in the stadium though, we won't need to worry about whatever, uh, <laughs> whoever it is that ESPN has decided to put, uh, in the booth, um, on Saturday. Uh, so we obviously, we did our prediction podcast last week. We will get into, um, <laughs> repredicting Richmond later. Uh, we're also going to talk depth charts. Uh, and, and I think Ferber has an interesting fifth side of the ball with some, some prop bets, um, tonight so let's go around and introduce everybody and get started up in fisherville david spence is on the show how are you my friend brad i'm excited i'm optimistic looking forward to another football season just like every virginia fan who days on the board at who days on twitter are you the agent of optimism though that's the question no i can't be take yeah. it Sorry, that, that moniker is already bestowed upon me like an albatross um up in arlington justin ferber's also on the show how are you buddy great it's game week Let's get this thing started. Uh, do you, wait, sorry, I, I butted in. Do your thing. Uh, at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. Let's get oh, this yeah, thing and started. Cavs Corner, also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner, great place for the in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Ferber texted the other day, and he was like, the next thing I write for the site will be game week content. And you were very excited about that, especially on the retweet today. So that was, that was uh, I enjoyed that. Um, so before we get to Richmond and all of those wide receivers and trying to make sure that what happened two years ago doesn't happen again, um, let's talk a little bit about that depth chart that got released yesterday. I thought it was interesting sort of theater. Like Virginia was holding the depth chart until Bronco got into the room, which I, maybe they've done that before, but I don't, I, I definitely have, I, I definitely didn't remember it that way. So Bronco's in the middle of like getting ready to get started and they start handing out these depth charts and I mean, it was funny because like on the one hand I'm listening to him, but also I'm trying to get the thing on the site and, and, and whatnot. Um, so, and then I don't want to say it felt anticlimactic, right? Because it was like this sort of like dramatic sort of moment. Um, I just thought as I looked at the depth chart that there weren't that many surprises to me. So Dave, that's where I want to start tonight. What surprised you? Not, I don't want, we'll, we'll get into like what stood out, but what, was there anything that really shocked you upon looking at that thing yesterday afternoon? I mean, after hearing the explanations, no. But you know, initially, when you see when you see Mandy <laughs> listed as a backup to uh, Richard Burney, basically, um, with with Jordan Redmond starting, that was the only real thing that surprised me. Um, you know, maybe maybe a little sh- little surprise that you know Cook was listed as a starter inside linebacker with all the talk we heard of, of Zane coming on at the end of camp, um, and the same with Bratton. You know, he's kind of still listed as a starter with the Ord designation. Um, but yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing shocking. It's, it's a young depth chart when you see it laid out like that. It's short, certainly, yeah, I think that's my overall, my overall takeaway from it was, man, we're a really young team. If they can win this year, it could be set things up for a couple of years. What about you, Ferber? Anything surprise you? Something, anything jump off the page? Well, the Jordan Redmond thing definitely did. Um, I think I texted you guys and just said, Jordan Redmond. Um, I mean, I, we'd heard that he'd been playing in camp, so I think that that wasn't a huge surprise that he was on the two deep, especially considering the lack of depth at that position. But seeing him in there as a starter, and then obviously Eli, who is one of the um, mainstays in the defense, moving to a different position potentially, um, I thought was very interesting. Uh, obviously, the battle at safety, uh, and you wrote a little bit about this uh, today. You know, hasn't 
completely played out yet, but Joey Blunt obviously listed as a starter. Um, I think that that's interesting. Uh, I, I'm not that surprised because it seems like Brenton's going to play a lot of the nickel. So um, I guess we'll just have to see how that plays out. Malcolm Cook is listed as the starting inside linebacker. I kind of expected that just based on seniority um, over Zane Zandier and uh, Dominic Shepard, who has also apparently had a good camp. So, But I do think that there is a potential for some of that playing time to be um, – divided up differently as the season goes along, um, regardless of what this depth chart says. But um, overall, I think it was a lot of what we expected. Uh, the The left side of the offensive line, obviously a little bit uh, inexperienced, but um, overall I, I wasn't too surprised, but those are the, the big takeaways for me, especially on the defensive side. Yeah, I agree about the, the, the I wrote, you know, in that, in the three, two, one about the the youth around the two deep. I mean, Left side of the line is, you know, is redshirt freshman, redshirt freshman at left tackle, sophomore, um, starting at, at left guard, at least for now. Um, my guess would be some shuffling will happen uh, once RJ Proctor comes back. Um, but then you got so- redshirt sophomore behind him, redshirt freshman as the backup center, true freshman as the backup guard. And Martin Weiss's inclusion here might be the thing that surprised me most of all. We had, we had heard that Jordan Redman and Aaron Falmui were playing and, and playing well. Um, I hadn't heard a peep about Martin Weiss. I uh, you know, of the, of the, of the first years who are on this thing, he was the one I, I thought was really surprising. I guess the other thing that surprised me was the Chuck Davis thing, um, that he was not only is he the punt returner, but he's also listed as the or at H back. Um, he must just have really come on the last week or so because to the point, you know, the last time we talked to Bronco, which was, I guess a week, a week and a half ago or so, um, you know, it just, um, it, it just it didn't seem like that was a thing, and, and apparently it is. So I'm really curious uh, to see Chuck out there um, doing some things on the field. My other big takeaway, uh, aside from just what was shocking, was just you know how sort of settled things are on the defensive side of the ball. Like w- we can talk about Joey and, and Brenton and that battle, but I mean you look at that like everything else pretty much went about it as you expect, except for the piece with you know Redmond in the middle. Uh, and Eli moving to end, but pretty much everything else broke exactly how you would expect. Those are all the names that I would expect to see. Nobody, no glaring omissions, no glaring additions. Um, it just kind of felt exactly how it should be. Um, I kind of feel like though, I would like to, you know, in, in, in a perfect world, you would like to know who the backup quarterback will be. And I do want to talk a little bit about that because I think in talking to you guys today, it certainly seems like maybe I don't want to say that I have the wrong read on it, but certainly I would say that I'm following what Bronco said. Question is whether or not Bronco will do or follow what he said in terms of um, keeping Bryce Perkins in the game. um, Even if the thing is, is in hand, he think he said essentially that he thinks the reps that Bryce would get in that situation are just too important um, I, I tend to agree with where you guys were coming from earlier today. When we were talking offline, the idea that like, well, what are you really getting from just turn around and hand the ball off other than just seeing coverages or, you know, making pl- calls at the line, um, are, are, do we think Bronco is, is, is intentionally misleading us here? Do we think he really believes that, that he will play Bryce more? Um, what do you think, Dave? Uh, I understand what he's getting at. Um, Maybe he just doesn't want to say, hey, if we're in a big lead, you know, if the game's out of hand, uh, maybe he doesn't like the team even having that mindset that that's a possibility. Like like we're saying, it doesn't make sense to me if you're up, say, you know, 21, 28 points in the fourth quarter. 
I, I don't know how meaningful those reps are for a quarterback. Um, and with the new redshirt rule, let's assume we're not going to have that issue against, you know, a lot of our ACC schedule. You know, I think we're all kind of expecting a bunch of tight games in conference, hoping, hoping and wishing, you know, it'd be, it'd be nice to blow them out, but it's probably not happening. Um, so you've got to get them some time anyway. You know, it's not like you're burning a red shirt to get them a snap or two like you did in the past. You know, it's 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 a free game. You're losing opportunity to to build your you know, your your planning, your your future depth at quarterback. So I understand where he's going, but I do think there's a fine line there. You know, if it's if it's a seventeen point lead and, you know, seven or eight minutes ago, maybe you're not gonna get enough out of bringing Brennan or Lindell in at that point. Um, you know, but if it's if it's a you know, a big blowout and you've got a full quarter left and you can run some offense with your, with one of the guys that you get a free game, you know, four free games with, you might as well. What do you think, Verber? Yeah, pretty much the same thoughts here. Um, I think it's very situational. I'm a little hesitant to take what he said at the press conference, like super literally. Um, I do think what he means is Bryce is the guy. Bryce is going to get all the meaningful snaps, obviously. Um, and even if the game is probably like in hand, he might continue to play. But there is a point, like a, a tipping point, where it's almost foolish to even have him out there unless he's literally just handing the ball off. Um, and with the redshirt rule, I think you will see them try to get uh, the other two quarterbacks in the game without much risk of you know them losing their eligibility or what have you, and then also getting them some game action um, behind center, even if they're ahead in the game. So. I mean, I don't know if this game on Saturday, and we'll get to the predictions here soon, I guess, but I don't know if this game Saturday is going to lend an opportunity for them to have a huge lead at any point. Um, If it does, though, I kind of do expect that we'll see at least one of the quarterbacks. The other thing that that I want to talk about on the depth chart, and (laughs) I apologize if this seems ridiculous, but when I looked down and saw that that the – that Chuck Davis was starting a punt return. I was like, oh, that's interesting. But then I noticed later that there's actually an or there, and it's Juan Thornhill. And I thought, no, 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 no. And this is going to be one of those times where, like, um, like Broncos just – what's uh, – Malcolm Gladwell calls it disagreeable, right? Like, Bronco is a disagreeable sort of person. Like, Bronco doesn't care about making people happy. He doesn't care about saying the thing that everybody – feels like he should say Bronco says whatever he thinks is correct does to, to say and he kind of does that with with this kind of thing too why would you put Juan in the game anywhere else other than his spot on the like why would you have him returning punts am I the only I person like who was there that, last year wasn't he, as he the I don't care well but it was a different world then I mean like he, <laughs> he's not like your he's like your 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 dude right like he's he's supposed to be essentially the the best player on the defense and I, I don't know man maybe it's just my own you know uh i don't know trepidation but like i just would not have one you gotta stop all this hand again brad it's pretty ridiculous i know right <laughs> a, i don't i understand what you're saying i don't think he's gonna be back there but there probably are some scenarios where you might just throw him back there if it's like an he did like talk about game. how he talked about specifically in the press conference which i think is true you know, on all punts, the most important thing is catching the ball. But on some punts, it makes more sense to have a guy back there that can get you something after you catch the ball, even if he might not be the most likely person to catch the ball. It's a risk 
reward thing. Um, I think in a super conservative punt return situation, maybe you just put him back there if you like have your defense on the field or something. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that you have to be totally conventional, right? And and never, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know he's going to always have starters playing other spots, but man, that just, I mean, of all the spots to have, right? Punt return is the one. Maybe, I mean, maybe kick return, but even kick return is just a little different, especially with the new rules. Um, like, it just feels like to me punt return would be the one spot like i don't want a dude who's important and i'm not trying to say that anybody isn't important but like if you're gonna have an or there just let that be chuck davis and 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 um and tavares kelly maybe that means that tavares just hasn't been catching the ball well um considering what bronco said earlier in camp about kelly in being on special teams and and punt return specifically i almost wondered the way he kind of talked about chuck davis's consistency and reliability i wonder if that was not specifically because of issues maybe Tavares has had catching the ball, but be realistically, I think you're right. Like there, there probably are some scenarios, you know, if, if Chuck wasn't able to be, to trot out there that they would put somebody else back there. I just, I don't know, man, just doesn't seem like they're like the best, uh, best sort of call. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I saw it when they first put it out and, but I swear, like I'm trying to pull it up, but I can't get back that far quick enough. I am pretty sure Juan was listed as an or to, to Daniel ham last year, several games. And in many ways, you know, the secondary depth last year made that even, you know, more risky than it than it would this year with, you know, Blunt and Moore and, and Hall and Harris back. But yeah, I I never liked it, but I, we never saw him back there last year. Um and the other thing I was gonna say about the uh, not not to take over the podcast here. No, um, do you think <laughs> there's a lot of beef. <laughs> you know, I can't uh my buddy my my tailgate buddy Brandon, you guys know well. Um he messaged today. He's like, when's the last time we had five 300 pound starters, you know, on the roster, let's say on the offensive line. And, and there's only two guys backing them up who aren't 300 and that's 290, 290. That's, that's a lot of beef. It really is. And I honestly, I think too, if you, you think back to, to what Broncos said he wanted out of the spring and, and off season, it's clear to me that they did a good job of getting guys where they needed to be. Uh, my question is, and will remain, and I will probably not come to a conclusion about it for a couple games, but like, it's great that guys are faster. It's great that they're bigger. What's it mean on the field? Are they a tougher team? Are they a stronger team? Um, I think that that part is, is, is every bit as, as, uh, as crucial to their season um, as anything else. Um, anything else on the depth chart before we move forward? The kicker situation. Um it's the long kicker and short kicker thing is kind of interesting. Yeah. What do you think of that Ferber? Well, um, I was honestly quite surprised to hear him say that the ball is like coming off of me, his foot a lot different. I didn't, I'm not like a kicking expert, so I didn't really know what he could do to make that happen in an off season, but good for him if he did. Well, what Bronco um, said, I think during that one availability was that basically just like other guys get stronger because he was putting, I guess, because they were pushing him in the weight room, that that was also showing it in, in terms of his, yeah. his distance. It could be like a technique thing too. I mean, now they have a fully dedicated special teams coach, which is good. Um, and they have a kicking coach basically. So um, I, I don't know how that'll play out in games, but like, I guess Hunter Pearson probably wouldn't be used very much unless they ha- they're kicking something right before the end of the half or something from like 52 yards. Um, but I mean, hopefully he can get healthy and play um, because you obviously want to have that range. But if Mejia is making everything inside of forty-five yards, 
Um, honestly, at the college level, that's that's not much better than what you could ask for because there's just so much variance with college kickers. You right. Know, the one thing Bronco alluded to at a press conference the other day, you know, knowing he, he's such a numbers guy and everything is, just, you know, program-based, statistically based and everything else. Um, he, he said that, you know, Pearson, now he's kind of at full health. They're starting to be able to see him kick some long stuff in game situations in practice. And he may... I'm trying. I don't want to add words to what he said, but the summation was that they're trying to get Pearson now that he's healthier, more kicks in simulated activity, so they can get statistics on his percentages from deep, so they can compare that to the percentages of going for it, um, which is so Bronco, and I loved every second of it. But that's good. I mean, I don't think the previous coaching staff was thinking that way. <laughs> you play. They were. They were running to the floor. <laughs> to the roar um on that on that note let's take our first break uh the cat's corner podcast is brought to you tonight by ask landis a company based in charlottesville that specializes in helping you downsize and declutter serving central virginia for the past 10 years ask landis and owner Stephen landis and brandon lloyd have been helping folks all over the region clear things out from their homes and their businesses as well as providing a turnkey solution for those who just need a little help moving from point a to point b not only will ask landis remove anything you don't want but they'll also make sure to recycle whenever possible Maybe you're getting ready to put your house on the market, or maybe you need some help clearing out that garage or that basement you've been putting off for a few years now. Whatever the case may be, let Stephen and Brandon do the work for you and help to declutter your life. Give the folks at Ask Landis a call today for your free consultation. Call 434-249-8383 or visit asklandis.com for more. Our our thanks to Ask Landis for their support of this show and all of castcorner.com. So uh, Richmond, uh, a team that we all predicted Virginia to beat a week ago, um and now what what do we think uh do we think that the cavaliers are are gonna you know roll into this thing and it's gonna be very different than it was a week ago how much do we need to sort of rehash um our predictions fellas dave we'll start with you what do you what is is anything shifted in your brain between when we predicted this thing a week ago and now yeah there's plenty shifted bro i mean good lord um no i mean as far as my predict prediction no but you know it's we were joking um you know, every time you re- I read those five to watch that Ferber does, I, I I get more nervous about our opponent. I mean, it could literally be the, the worst team ever that we end up beating by sixty three. You read the five to watch, and you're like, man, if we can't stop those guys, we're in trouble. Um, look, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's close, like at halftime or close in even late in the third quarter. I just think Virginia pulls away, so uh, I'm not changing my prediction. What about you, Ferber? Anything that you, as you've done more research on, on the spiders, has anything sort of made you think that your uh, 30, 38 to 13 prediction is off the mark. I mean, you typically like to stick with your predictions whenever possible. Yeah, I do. I think I'm going to change this one up just a little bit. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing that I learned, uh, honestly, the way that me and you kind of look at camp and leading up to the season is not that dissimilar from how the coaches do in that we spend a lot of time looking at UVA's roster and trying to figure out who's going to play where and, what number everybody is and all that stuff. And then about a week before the first game, we start to actually turn our attention to the first opponent. So I haven't really been looking at Richmond until this week. Um, In looking at their roster, uh, there are a few areas that I think UVA could exploit. Um, And there are a few areas where Richmond has a lot of talent. Wide receiver is their strongest position on the team. They have three guys that caught 60 balls last year. They're all back and another receiver who missed the entire season who was projected to be one of their best receivers. So 
Um, I think that UVA's secondary being the strength of the team is a huge advantage uh, in this first game, just because if it, you know, let's say UVA's secondary was the thin position and UVA's defensive line was the strength, this game could be a challenge um, just because they can, they have guys that can get open and catch the ball. So, and they, I mean, they had a huge game through the air against UVA last year. And I guess, you know, with Laletta leaving, I, I kind of just assumed that Kevin Johnson, his replacement, would be a pretty dramatic drop-off just by default. Um, but, I mean, the more you look at him, the more he looks pretty solid. He just hasn't had the opportunities. He played in the playoffs uh, two years ago after Loletta tore his ACL, and he played well, um, put up some pretty big numbers through the air in that offense that was good um, under Danny Rocco. And last year he basically sat out behind Loletta. So we don't know a ton about him, but from what we've seen, he, he doesn't look like a total disaster back there. So – if he can play 75% of what, you know, the level that Loletta played at, then I think that they'll be fine. Um, they're pretty, they're picked to be pretty middle of the road uh, CAA team. I think they're picked like seventh in their league. So obviously the expectations aren't super high, but this looks like a team that could at least kind of like stay in the game. Um, they might not be able to punch above their weight class and, you know, throw a bunch of haymakers and like the team two years ago did, but, I do think this game could be a little bit closer, and I think that Richmond might score a few more points than I had originally uh, thought they would. So I'm going to change it just slightly to uh, 35-17 UVA in a game that's pretty close at halftime. And then, like Dave said, UVA you know kind of grinds them down in the second half. Dave, I'll come back to you. Um, you had 35-17 in the preseason. Um, for I had, just stole it. I had 35-14. 35-14. That's right. I can. I sometimes can read my own writing. Do you? I, Richmond I, has a pretty good so that's why I gave him three more points. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> Although, I, to, to that point... Herbert made it sound like he's going to make like a two-touchdown change, and it's like, yeah, it's going to be like Herbert, four Herbert four points. I just don't... I feel like it's kind of disrespectful to me to have 13. Like, they're only going to score one touchdown. So I just We can block the extra point. Touchdown. You never know. That's true, yeah. Where they could go for two or something. Uh, no, I'll stick at 35-14. I like... <laughs> Look, I'll be changing enough as the year goes on. Let's stay, let's stay good for week one. I thought it was interesting when the line came out today, 13 points. Um, I had it uh, 33-17, so obviously a little bit uh, more than that. I, I don't know if I've learned anything in, in scouting Richmond, whether it's um, looking stuff up on my own, reading uh, and editing Ferber's pieces, or uh, I touched base with John O'Connor from the Richmond Times-Dispatch for our Behind Enemy Lines um, feature. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I think Richmond's going to be basically what I, what I expected them to be, which is a solid opponent. Like no, they're not going to, you know, I don't think they're going to come to Charlottesville and, and smack Virginia in the mouth the way the spiders did two years ago. Um, but I think that it's one of those deals where, um, you know, if, if Virginia is who we think Virginia is, and this is not going to be a thing, if the Cavaliers go out there and, you know, kind of meander about, it's going to be a problem, you know? Um, I wonder what the feeling of the stadium will be like considering, um, you know, considering what is, is happening. Um, I guess not what is happening, what, what has happened right with this, with these two programs and, and, and the game then, like if Virginia gets the ball first and comes out and goes for, uh, you know, goes three and out and punts, um, it, is is that going to be a problem? Like, are people going to freak out? Are they going to ride it out? Um, you know, I'm not real, real sure. Um, but the, but the, the, the thing is, is that I feel like, I feel like Bryce Perkins is not going to, I mean, 
a lot of people are going to look to him to be the answer to every question Virginia has this year. And sure, if if he goes out and has a sort of the sort of first game that he wants to have, then you know Virginia's up there. You know the future's bright. They're got their tortoiseshell shades on. You know what I mean? Like they're they're living it up. I don't know if it's going to be that good right out of the gate. And, and so I, I wonder if my 33 is a little high. That being said, I just don't see anything on the defensive side of the ball from, from Richmond's standpoint that makes me think Virginia can't put up points. Um, I see a lot of talent on their offensive side. I'm a little curious as to how you replace a legend, even if you have a lot of nice weapons, um, how you get the ball there. Um, you know, maybe Kevin Johnson's going to be better than I'm giving him credit for. But for now, I just feel like in the big scheme of things, it's probably better to expect that the uh, that Virginia's going to have uh, a lot of success in this game. So I'm going to stick with 33-17, um, at least uh, at least until proven otherwise. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to follow Ferber's advice of the way he does things and sort of just stick with it that way. Um, anyway, I feel like uh, let's see. I think we may have lost Dave, um, so I'm not sure. Uh, Praise for Dave. Prayers for Dave. Uh, I'm not sure if he will be back. Um, I, I'm hoping Ferber's telling him now to to try to get back. Um, since we've we've gotten through most of the discussion about Richmond, I am going to take our next break while while Dave tries to figure that out and hopefully doesn't start talking in the middle of it. Um, the Cats Corner Podcast is also brought to you tonight by Second String Sports and Stewart's Draft. Good time, Dave. Second String is all about offering your new and quality used sports equipment. So if you play baseball, softball, football, or soccer, Second String has the gear that you need. The newest bats and gloves and gear from DeMarini, Louisville Slugger, Easton, Rollins, Wilson, Evo Shield, they're all on the shelves today and ready to go home with you or even to the field. Now let's say you got something from last season you don't need anymore. Maybe you've got some gear that your son or daughter isn't going to be using again. Well, if you bring your used merchandise to Second String Sports, you can get a credit towards your next purchase. You can check out Second String, what Second String Sports has to offer at their store just outside Waynesboro, 2627 Stewart's Draft Highway, or you can go to their website right now at secondstringsports.com, second with a two. First string quality, first string service, Second String Sports. Our thanks again to Second String for their support of this show and all of CavsCorner.com. Uh, so, Dave, are you with us? Are you with us, Dave? I think so. I don't know what's going on in this crazy world we're yeah. living in. I'm sure it's definitely not first string internet services. No, there you go. <laughs> hey, oh. Um, pass the sun drop. All right. Uh, where, uh, Ferber, give us our fifth side of the ball tonight. All right. Our fifth side of the ball, like we did last year and people seem to like it are, uh, I, I guess you can call them prop bets. Yeah, it's a bunch of over unders and stuff like that. Uh, on the season, we're all going to take our best guesses. I tried to set the lines the best I could, uh, to get action on both sides from you guys. So, uh, I've got a bunch of them here, so uh, I had some fun with it. We'll just roll through them. And uh, you guys ready to get started? Yeah, man, let's do it. All right. First one, first touchdown of the season. Who scores it? How? Are and you, you can't wanna... say Jordan Ellis run. It's embargo. <laughs> uh, Dave, you want to go first? Oh, yes, do I ever. Uh, I'm going to go. I was thinking about I figured you would ask this one. I'm going to go outside the, well, probably what you all are thinking. I'm going to go Tavares Kelly on a He's going to get loose on the on a crossing route. Uh, I don't know how long. PK Kier, Kier, Kier. Gosh, I always mess this up. Is it Kier, Kier. I can't remember. It's Kier, Kier, Kier. Wait, is it? P-K-Kier. Wait, you can't, yeah. you can't, you can't both tell me things that are not accurate. This is why we need to consult the pronunciation guide. I'm looking at the pronunciation guide, and PK's name is not here. Um, how does that get left? Know, right? <laughs> anyway, well, we're going to go with what they. We're going to go with whatever. Remember when Dave Mike says. London decided that it was Olamide? That was fun. Um, 
I, I think PK short, short yardage, two, three yards. Keep going forever. All right. So my guess in case anybody cares, um, I don't. Not is Evan butts sitting in the middle of the zone. That's a good pick. Yeah. That's a good pick. All right. So sack leader who leads the team in sacks and how many sacks do they get? Uh, Chris piece. Eight and a half. Okay, not very many. Oh. We talking for the season or for the game? Because for, for the season, yeah. I mean, I okay. assumed he was talking about the season. I mean, yeah. eight and a half for the game would be pretty damn good. Yeah. <laughs> He's having a heck of a day. Uh, for the season, I mean, it's hard not. It's hard to go against peace, but I'll, I'll give him. For, I'll give him thirteen this year. Nice. I'm gonna go peace as well. Uh, I had him last year. Actually, he was kind of a dark horse, and he got it. Um, did I'm going to say humble brag. You oh yeah. Yeah. Cause everybody brag. was like, it's Kaiser. It's Kaiser. Um, I'm going to say 12, 12 sacks. I have a reason for why I only said eight and a half. Yeah. Would you like it? You think it'll be more split up? Yeah. I think they're, I think they're, I think without drew, I just feel like he's not going to get as much. Uh, everybody meet at the quarterback. Yeah. I do think Charles Snowden's going to have like five or six. Okay. That's my thing. Cool. All right. Moving along. All right. How many different players score rushing touchdowns? Uh, Perkins, Kier, Kier. Uh Obviously, this doesn't count special Ellis, teams. Atkins, uh, Zacchaeus. I'm gonna say eight. Eight. Wow. Yep. I'm gonna say eight. Dave. Uh, I'll go six. Yeah, six. This is a very random. That's a very random uh, number to pick, but that's good. That's I'm good. gonna yeah. say I'm gonna say five. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I don't think the carries at running back will be as split up. Um, I think it'll be Perkins, Ellis, Kyre, Joe Reed, Zacchaeus, something like that. I get Peacock one. That was the only difference. Yeah, years. something like that. Yeah. All right, uh, interception leader. How many and who? Go ahead, Dave. Hmm. I'll go Bryce Hall with six. Yeah. Okay. I'm kind of thinking the same thing. I think this year there's going to be last year, a bunch of guys had four this year. I'm going to go with Juan Thornhill with five. I was going to say Bryce with five. Okay, cool. Hall, not Perkins for the record. Yeah. Or Bryce Watts from Virginia or Tech. Bryce Watts. Yeah. Shout, uh, poor Mike Barber. Mike Barber. <laughs> he's going to have a time and a half for that. He's yeah. at the press conference the other day and I saw it. And I was like, you didn't mean Watts. He's like, oh, Anyway, go All ahead. right, so which game this season is going to have the highest attendance at home and how many people, uh, approximately how many people? I'm I'll give mine. First. Yeah, you go first. I'll, go ahead. I'll say go Miami first. and I'll say 49,000. I, don't know I think it'll be, a, I think UVA will have a good, decent record and some people will come. Um, I'm going to say uh, Pittsburgh. Okay. Night game. Uh, night game, Friday night. Well in advance, you know what time it's going to be. Uh, give me 44 and a half. Cool. David? I'm going to go Carolina, 48,000. 48? Okay. Yeah. Man. That's what I said. People, A lot of people hate Carolina. Carolina, though. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, see, I've got Virginia, like, you know, six and two or something at That's that point. That's true, yeah. It's a real in Carolina team. People are on the bandwagon in Dave's uh, version around. Yeah, see, see, well, they just my, beat Miami and yours. You should be picking Carolina. Yeah, I, I <laughs> went with Miami. I went with Miami just because I think that there's a chance that Miami could be like undefeated or something. Yeah. I have a feeling the, the answer five. to this question is going to be Louisville, though. 
Interesting. Okay. It could be Richmond. (laughs) (laughs) It has been in the last couple of years. That's not a good look. All right. So this is one that I added a little while ago. I think it's an interesting question. Um, uh, Everybody assumes that Alameda is going to lead the team in receptions, right? So who is the second leading receiver in Mm. receptions? Hasis Dubois. Yeah, I'm going to say Dubois. And I think he's going to have more volume Reed. than Reed. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's going to have a lot. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just good. I'm good for the Reed. I'm going to go Evan Butts. Okay, yeah, Evan Butts is on my radar too. It was either going to be him. Dave's or like, I don't want to. I don't want to actually answer the guy. I've been talking up for a month straight. Mm-hmm. He's only been talking. Billy doesn't need a lot of touches. He just needs one. <laughs> all right, all right. So the rest of the next uh, bunch are all over unders. Okay. All right, over under longest field goal. 43 yards over or under under i'm gonna go over any kicker any kicker over okay <laughs> for me i think it'll be like i think mejia or somebody will hit one from like 45 yards yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all right what's the next uh alameda zacchaeus receptions over under 74 and a half over i'm gonna go under this year yeah i'm gonna go just over yeah, I was thinking. And he's like 56 to set the record. Yeah, he had like 85 last year, I believe. Yeah. Um, just for the people at home that are trying to figure but, out okay. how I said that number. Can, can, I, can I also say real quick, like technically some of those passes are going to be runs. I mean, technically yeah. they're going to be passes, but you know what I mean? Like they're going to be runs. Like we're, right. I'm going to call it a run, and then you're going to tell me, no, no, that's technically a pass. I'm like, oh, okay. That's, yeah, a little he's pop pass. Yeah, he's going to rack those up. Yeah. Points per game for UVA. Last year, I believe it was 22, somewhere right around 20. there. Yep. I set it at 25 and a half this year. Over. Okay. So you think the offense is going to be much better? Um, yeah. I'll go with over too. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go just under. And somebody, if they want to do the math, will probably go back and look at my predictions and be like, well, if you add up all the score predictions, they're <laughs> over. But I don't think anybody's going to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go just under. But if they average like 25 a game, that's not that bad considering where they've been. Right. Um, over under, this is an interesting one. This is for Dave. Over under one and a half kick return touchdowns this year for the team. For the team, I'll go under. I mean, we saw like what two last year, two or three. Last year, yep. uh, I think and he could have had Bron- three or four because he had a few where he got tackled like in opposing territory. Yeah, Bronco actually was asked that question on the coach's show tonight, and um, basically, did if, he punt? If they <laughs> kick it <to> Joe, <laughs> Sorry. If they kick it deep to Joe, he's going to return it. Like they were. That's what he said. So, yeah, I think uh, that that kind of that kind of brings it up an interesting point, which is the new rule that you can fair catch it inside the twenty-five. I think UVA yep. will be one of a minority of teams that try to use their kick return game to their advantage because I think there's just not that many dynamic kick returns. And I wonder what that means. Like, if Virginia is going to be one of the teams that actually tries to return it, what does that mean for teams that maybe aren't used to having actually covered? Yeah, they they don't have the reps of you know yeah. tackling people on those. And, um, and, to be, and to be clear real quick, the rule, I just want to make sure we're all, we're all on the same page. So the rule is, is that if you fair catch it inside whatever, you still get the ball at the 25, right? Yeah, it's like a touchdown. Inside the 20. Inside the 20. Yeah. I mean, at the, 20, the 20, sorry. Yeah. yeah. You know, you get it at the 25, but you have to catch it inside the 20. Okay. Right. So um, if you fair caught it at a 22, you get it at the 22? At 22, yep. That's yeah, it's kind of weird. That's dumb. Yeah. That's yeah. not like, you um, know, he, he can overturn the ejection, but he can't overturn the penalty dumb, but it's dumb. All right, sorry, Ferber, go ahead. Well, I mean, the guy will basically, if you think about it, you'll probably want to, I mean, it's going to be tough. There's going to, that's going to happen. I mean, somebody's going to fair catch it at like the 22 yard line, not looking at the lines. Um, but, you know, that's not, that's three yards. It's not that For big my sake, I hope they're not wearing a Virginia jersey. That's all I'm saying. 
Yeah. I'm going to go over. Mm. Just why not? Over two. Did I give my answer yet? I don't think I did. Uh, did not. I'll go over. Okay. I'm going to say one of them is not Joe Reed, though. I was going to say, I bet you one of them is not Joe Reed. Yep. All right. Uh, the next one is Bryce Perkins rushing yards over under 500. Under. Okay. Dave? I'll go under just because of the whole sex thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going over, baby. Let's go. Oh, wow. Ferber's yeah. in. I was going to go under, but you guys both went over. Or you guys both went under, <laughs> so now I'm going over. Ferber's I just dare, dare to be different. <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't think that was a tough one to set because I was thinking about doing 400, but then I thought everybody would go over. So um, Bryce Perkins passing yards over under 2,700. I'll go slightly under. I'm going to go under as well. I'm going to go slightly under too. Yeah, for, for reference, uh, Kurt Bankert set the record last year for the team with 3,207. Um, touchdowns this season by a true freshman over under three and a half over. Okay. Cause I think, I think Kelly might have five or six by himself. Yeah. I mean, that's very possible. He could have 10. I mean, I'm not saying he will, but I mean, he, it's not that crazy. If I he had a question, sorry, uh, freshman, true freshman touchdowns over under three and a half total. Like regardless of player, yes. Yes. oh over, well over. Okay, gosh, Dave loses his internet connection for like one minute. Now no, it's like, it must be lightning or something here. It keeps like shocking in my ear. Oh, that's great. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over, but not very far over. I'm gonna say like four. And I bet you, I bet you, I don't really see who besides Kelly is gonna be catching touchdowns or running touchdowns. I think Hugo Obasi, Obasi and Kemp are both gonna play. Um, yeah, but I mean, Terrell Jana played last year. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I'm saying like I could see I could see them scoring. That's my point. I, I, yeah, Jordan Redmond is going to take one back. <laughs> there you go. See, I mean that that's in play. I mean that counts. Yeah. So, uh, Jordan Mack tackles over under 120. Ooh, that's a good number. Last year he had 108 or something. <sighs> what did but Kaiser have? 100... Kaiser had like 135. Yeah. And Quinn had like one twenty something. Yeah, they both had more than I put this over under at. Yeah, yeah I, I had to look at the numbers. I'm gonna go. Give me I'm over. gonna go under just because I don't know if he's gonna have. But I mean, I think he'll be over hundred. I just don't know if he's gonna get that high. Yeah, I'm gonna go under as well. That's a high number. That's a big number. Um, it's ten a game, so I think he'll go just under. But you'll have another guy that kind of comes out of nowhere and has a hundred. Right. You gonna um, count the bowl game? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. And the ACC championship game, of course. Of course. Um, Okay, how many different starters on the offensive line? Over, under, eight and a half. Ooh. You got another ad to read, Brett. Right? Uh, Let's see. Hold on. There's a lot of ways you can read into this, too. You could say if it's more than eight and a half, you got some problems. problems Or you could say, like, there's injuries, you know. One, two, three, four, five. So, five, so mm-hmm. five, you know for sure. So, there are five, yes. So no, no, I'm saying so. You five, you, you're basically saying three more. I got to go over. You think so? I just, I mean, because like, look, Proctor. If Proctor, Proctor's going to come back, he, he's going to start yeah. one. And then if you have one injury, Fannin you're going to move some dude back. around. You know, Fannin will probably start when he gets healthy. Well, depend. Well, and then they have a tendency to just roll a guy out, exactly. and we're like, yeah, "Oh, yeah, that guy yeah, starts." Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing too. So I'm going to go over just because I'm going to I'm going to chalk this up to Bronco being weird. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go under just for one because I want to be different, and also I kind of hope like the hope is that they 
find a cohesive unit early in the season with like maybe five, six, seven guys, and they can just stick with that and they stay healthy. Um, but I mean, that's, that's a, that's on the lower end of where I was thinking. I almost set the number at 10 just because, you know, there's a lot of injuries and you never know what's going to go. And if anything goes wrong, if anybody plays bad, then they're going to get replaced. So, um, that you see more, I mean, Brad can kind of back this up from watching in the press box. You see more shakeups on the offensive line week to week yeah, than most other positions. Yeah. You're like raining that um, dude in the wrong spot. And you're like, wait, what? Anyway, yeah, or it'll be a Jack. I remember Jack English just walked out there and played left tackle one time, and we were like, what? Yeah. I mean, and then he ended up playing. Yeah. He was a tight end. Yeah, and then he was, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next one is over under defensive touchdowns, pick sixes, fumble recoveries, whatever. Uh, one and a half for the season. Under. Last year, I believe they had one. And it was Quinn, right? Quinn Blanding pick six against Duke. Went on, that Dave didn't over. get to see. Yeah, I was stuck. I was talking to Joe Reed's grandpa. Yeah. I'll go over. <laughs> I'm going to go under. I think they'll have one. Hmm. But, but I mean, this is a kind of a low number. I mean, yeah, teams is. have two, three two defensive touchdowns in a game yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I watched UCLA so. <laughs> put up a bunch of them one day. Mm-hmm. I mean, we play, Thornhill we, play Daniel Jones. we play Daniel Jones. That's good for two right there, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> did we get through that one? Yeah, we did. Okay, cool. Um, longest touchdown of the season over under 82.5 yards. Um, under. I bet, okay. it's like, under. I bet you it's like 75 and a half or some nonsense. Well, I'm going over because I have a kick return. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going under. I just don't see it. Okay. You don't think Joe Reed's gonna take one ninety seven yards? Don't now? don't challenge his don't no, I'm, ju- I'm challenge still laughing at your number like you do and a half. Like, All right. I I, I hear by challenge. No, it's a Jeff. great number, man. I'm impressed with your number picking. Okay, thank you. Yeah. All right. So the rest of these are, are not really real props, but stuff that could happen during the season that I just decided to be fun to end on. All right. All right. Which walk on comes out of nowhere to play a meaningful role like Brett Nelson did? He he wasn't a walk on last year. Allowed but he, to say he came Yubinsky. Yubinsky. We all know the answer to this question. Not him. <laughs> um, I don't think you know. Honestly, I don't think I, I can. I just can I can I forfeit? Like I don't. Um, you can say nobody. I mean, it, was Chuck Davis ever technically a walk on? Because um, otherwise, I just don't, I don't think I just don't think they're in a position to to need walk on guys. At, you know, in the in the way that they needed Nelson last year. Does that make sense? But in that case, yeah. I'll say quasi chuck davis in case he was never on scholarship yeah i mean he i think he might have actually been in a brent nelson situation where he came as a walk-on yeah, but he had i mean he was he was at nebraska i mean he wasn't like a nobody um and brent nelson really wasn't a nobody either he just came on a track scholarship um i'm gonna say donald roll because he got a number yeah. really early yeah that's fair and, he play, and he's a good athlete i'll go cj epps just because he was the first one to earn a scholarship there you go yeah, I mean, I picked role, but that would just be for special teams mostly because I don't think he's going to play on defense much. But we um, all know it's going to be Yavinsky. Yeah, it's <laughs> Yavinsky, Team Yavinsky. Um, all right. Uh, at what point during the season – this is an over-under. At what point during the season will I declare that Lester Coleman is the team's best player after a long punt <laughs> over-under first quarter of the Richmond game? <laughs> Over. Yeah. It'll be the third. It's, it'll be like – no, it'll probably be his first punt. Because that's what I always do. Like, they have a terrible three and out, and I'm like, man, this team's bad. And then Lester Coleman booms a 57. You know what's really funny, though? What's the funniest part about this question is, like, one, it's the self-awareness that you have to know this about yourself. But, two, like, Ferber gets, like, super dark 
like he sounds so reasonable on the podcast and stuff. And like when he, but like during the game, Ferber gets like super dark. Man, wow, they're cooked. They're done. Wow. I'm usually right though. Now, typically you are. They're not coming back from those deficits. He was like, he was, there were definitely at least two points during that George Tech game last year where Ferber was like, they're dead. They're done. They're dead. <laughs> he gets super dark. They're dead. They're done. Oh, that's a good question. All right. What else you got? Um, all right. Uh, this is a yes or no. Uh, will Dylan Thompson do bench presses on the sideline <laughs> during games? All right. Does it count if does he have to have an actual bench or can he use the events key? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I'm oh, going to go under uh, or whatever, whatever it was. It'll, it, it's a yes, no. So, yeah, I'm going to say no, but he might do them in the stands during the first game. Can you yeah, the scenario that's where Bronco turns around and, and, and Thor games of throwing people around? Yeah. Did, did you guys see Deshaun Perry's suplex that yes, dude? That was definitely not legal. It's definitely not. Yeah, legal. yeah, that's a penalty awesome. for sure. But it was it was pretty awesome. Oh, you know what? I just had a thought of like, don't a lot of like mascots do like push ups and stuff? Like, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. You got to get your workouts in. Sadly for Dylan, he's gonna be watching the first game from a slightly worse vantage point than I have. But I think I think I mean I get I'd say give him like three weeks and he'll probably be out there. Yeah, yeah. I I I think he'll definitely. I mean, Bronco basically said like, "Look, man, like at the press conference, he was like, it's a position of need. Like I have to play him. Like he's got to go out." I wouldn't hold your breath on that. Yeah, (laughs) listen to the coach's show tonight. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Where are we? Uh, This is a good one. This is for everybody listening. Uh, this is an over under. When will there be the first thread calling for an assistant coach to be fired over under first quarter of the Ridge? Oh, 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 definitely under. Uh, the yeah, first, under, the yeah. first Quite series. Under. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sounds about right. This is a yes, no. Will Larry Fedora be UNC's coach when they play UVA? Yes. But like everybody knows. It's yeah, but he'll be packing yeah, in boxes. Say, yeah. But he's already <laughs> talked to his agent and he's, you know, he's, he's found a real estate broker to try to sell that house Hayes in the bar. Yeah. yeah. All right. The over under, what will Dave's BAC be at kickoff <laughs> of the Richmond game? Whatever, whatever. Uh, 0.15 is where I said the over under. That's I'm a reasonable limit. He can't drive. At kickoff? Yeah. Oh, I'll go under. Now come around two o'clock is going to be over. <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah. He's got all day to get to, 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 yeah. to tie it and untie it. There I know what go. time I got to be sober. Yeah, then you got to make that walk. Yeah, yeah. there's going to be a question. All right, there's yeah. going to be a question in here somewhere about me. God, I can't. I'm yeah, really uh, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> really worried about it. All right, so here it is. Over under. How many times will Brad complain this year that the press box has Pepsi and not Coke? Oh gosh. Uh, how many? Home the over are? under is six point five. There are seven home yeah, games. Over. Definitely over. <laughs> <sighs> I'm so tired. That's of fair. Do. Ugh. No, actually, I'm on a water fair. kick, so I probably will drink a lot of water. I'm just happy that they have Papa John's instead of Domino's now. Whatever. Uh, Papa John's kind of touchy topic there. Um, I mean, it's still better pizza than Domino's. We don't like to be do. that risky on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially just after you got some new sponsorships. I know, right? Uh, all right. So this is another one. This is an over-under. Uh when will Phony Bennett tweet that there are only X days left until basketball season <laughs> over under halftime of the Indiana game? I was going to say September 1st. Halftime. Under. Yeah. Uh, whenever, whenever the first time they punt is. 
Yeah. First time Lester Coleman comes actually on the field to do something. Yeah. And then there you go. And that yeah, that that's two uh that's two prop bets taken off right there. Me with the Lester Coleman yep. and him with the there tweet. You go. <laughs> all right. Uh all right, the last one I have. What will be this year's random story that every announcer will talk about during games that you like UVA related? Story Are you ready like for this? Bryce, Park- yeah, Bryce Parkinson's dad, uh, grandfather played in the ice bowl. Really? I did not know that. Now, you know, and no one's half the battle. Yeah. And I'm, I'm probably going to hear it a, a bunch lot. Of times. That's one of the great things about, uh, not, I don't have to actually listen to the, I can just watch. Yep. That's going to be, Oh, so much. Okay. Mine is kind of a negative one, oh, no. but no, it's not that bad. Um, it's definitely one we've discussed on the podcast. Uh, I think if UVA gets off to a good start, I think that they might make a reference to Broncos saying they only have 27 ACC players. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I could see that being a thing. Like, you know, a couple months ago, they only had eight, 20. But look at them now. You know, I think that could be a story. I can't really think of any other ones that jump out right now um, at the top, you know, off the top of my head. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's the story, the 27 thing. Yeah, because that got some run, like some national run almost. So, I mean, I could see that becoming a thing. Um, and then, like, that'll be the thing they all ask him about, like, during the week of the game and all that good stuff. So, Although we do have the rock connection. That is true. Samson yeah, if Samson Reed. Reed plays, you know, that could be a thing for sure. If there's a blowout, that's coming up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it. That's all I got. Well, you did an, an incredible only, job. Only 99 days till basketball. It's the over under on this entire podcast episode uploading in a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm currently worried that Dave's first part of the audio is not going to be there, so we need to wrap this yeah, up so I can so I there. can figure out if I uh, how much uh, how much of this is salvageable. But I do want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. I want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time as always. Um, if you're somebody who found the show um, through the website, uh, feel free to give us a, a review. If you're somebody who found the website through the show, give us a look. Um, obviously this is a, a pop in time, so to speak. Um, want to thank ask Landis and second string sports for sponsoring our show tonight. And again, for, uh, David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of catscorn.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.